Oh, it's time to run with the herd. A herd hour coming up right now for you out here on the porch. Justin Arvon gonna join me. He claims to not be a martial authoritarian, but he, he's pretty much an authority on martial football. We're gonna talk all about the huge win over the Irish Saturday in South Bend, the South Bend Stunner. We'll also get into a little bit of Bowling Green and kind of what we can expect for the rest of the 2022 season from Charles Huff's crew. So you guys know what to do if it's in the morning. Grab that coffee, fill stop in the evening, grab the drink. Come on back. We've got a hurt hour You're on the porch. Let's go. Play the music. Irish need a touchdown. Estime in the backfield. Mayor in motion. Looks like man to man. Here's Buckner. Pressure coming. Buckner stands in at five spots. Intercepted. Gilmore down the sideline. Pick six. Gilmore. And the extra point is good. 11 point Marshall lead. 435 in the fourth. Wow. So Justin, heard our man. We're we're missing one of our uh, one of our wideouts. So we're gonna go three wide. Randy's mm-hmm. uh he's at a walkathon, uh, <laughs> high school softball. It it's happens. always fun. It's always fun. Yeah, I, you know, have a big zone. Make the kids hit. That's that's what I say. Um, exactly. But excited, excited to do this little herd hour here. First time of the year, and uh, excited to have you in here, Justin. Um, Man, how's your voice feeling from Saturday? It's back to about 95%. Um, yep. Was starting to lose it about midway through the first quarter uh, and went from there. But but we're back with a vengeance I on the ex- radio for a <laughs> podcast. I would have expected a little bit a little bit more out of you being a high school basketball coach. Yeah, you, you know, for months and months and months, I've practice the Ellen and and you know maintaining my voice capacity and all of that but then when you take that break in the summer you know you gotta you gotta rebuild your vocal cords it's true I, I just haven't mm-hmm. done that so I think by game three four five uh here this season you know we'll be okay and we had and, and the fact that Notre Dame was the first you know the first true true game of the season and you got to come out of the gates that hot although you know the backyard brawl is pretty fun too not not what we're talking about here <laughs> lost my voice to that one also so i thought i was gonna not lose it as much this past saturday in south bend i don't think anybody did you know a 20 and a half point dog for the herd and we come out and played like champions took their motto from them justin man just kind of give me your initial thoughts on just that game the, the atmosphere the feeling it was something special 
It really was. Once you arrive there at Notre Dame's campus, you're immediately just taken by the history. If you're aware of college sports in any way, you're just taken by all that when you step onto the campus. Uh, your excitement builds. It's a long walk to get there from a lot of spaces that you park, and your excitement builds up as a fan as you just walk in and know that you're at the mecca of college football and all the history that's happened there. You got the Golden Dome, Touchdown Jesus. The stadium itself looks like, I don't know, like it was built in Rome or something. And it, it really does look more. like a Coliseum. <laughs> it looks like. It's very, very cool, and and you're taken with that for a minute, and then the game starts, and then you start thinking, well, well, you know, it looks like our line's kind of holding up here, and we're we're pushing them around a little bit. Then you get a couple stops, then you go down and get a touchdown, and then you know, well, we're we're in this one. We got a shot to win it. So all that build up and excitement leads eventually to you know, the expectation after halfway through the first quarter, we're probably going to win the game. Uh, so <laughs> You know, it's funny because you had that feeling. You never could vocalize it. You never say it. I think the first time I really allowed myself to truly, truly think it and say it was in the third quarter. Like, and I was like, mm, not getting that, not getting that touchdown and only being up 12 to seven, that's going to hurt us. But it was right. like before that, you never even really even kind of dreamed that this could happen. And, and then it right. did. And, you know, I love the fact that they put all the landmarks in the opposite ends of where you sit. So you get to see them and you get to see that view the entire afternoon. I think that's a brilliant thing that Notre Dame does for the visiting uh, sections that come in there. Oh, they treat visiting fans very well from from their tailgating scene to to where we sit to, you know, just the overall atmosphere is very fan friendly in general. Um, so I really enjoyed it. I agree with you 100%. I told anybody that is a college football fan, even if you hate Notre Dame, make sure you get there once because it, it truly is an experience, you know, and, and everything you see in Rudy, it's it's accurate. Yeah, and, you know, you know, we can sit back and say we don't like Notre Dame because of this and all that, but the reasons we don't like Notre Dame are because of the history and tradition. If they didn't have that, no one would care yeah. to not like them. Yeah, so, hey. All of that stuff is a reason to go see the stadium, see a game. Exactly. And I, and I don't know when the, the extreme hatred of Notre Dame maybe happened, you know, for the entire country, but, but they're also beloved in a lot of places too. And it's like I always kind of said about them, I'm like, I want them to be nine and three, eight and four. So they're not really in the mix, but we don't have to hear about how bad they are. We're hearing a lot about Freeman right now, that 0 and 3 start. It's kind of like, I kind of don't love that in some respects. It kind of takes away from what Marshall did. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of the coverage after the facts kind of been, well, what's wrong with Notre Dame? Not what did Marshall do? You got to kind of look harder to find those positives about Marshall coming out of this game, I think. What do you think? Well, I hate that that's a fact, but it's the truth. I think I agree with you. I hate it for Coach Freeman there at Notre Dame. Uh, But you got to think. Last weekend, we were looking at Notre Dame as still a potential playoff contender, ranked number eighth coming out of Ohio State, only losing by 11 and putting up a really good fight through, what, three quarters there. Uh, And Ohio State wasn't overlooking Notre Dame. It was a home game against a top five team who had playoff aspirations. So it's not like Ohio State was looking looking ahead. Uh, Notre Dame got a good shot from Ohio State and Ohio State got a good shot from Notre Dame. 
going into our game, whether they overlooked us or not, I, I can't speak to that. Um, but but I do think Notre Dame is a good football team. I do it's too, either, Justin. It's either Notre Dame's a good football team or Ohio State's much more mediocre than they're ranked. So, I, uh, you know, and, and, and to steal a line from the old Notre Dame coach, uh, West Virginia native Lou, Lou Holtz, you know, Dr. Lou, yeah. you don't get the same team every week. It's just no. impossible with college kids to get that. Right. Marshall had right. their best version on, on Saturday up there in South Bend. There's no question about that. Yes. yes. Although, then again, Rasheen Ali's coming back now. Interesting to see how how uh, a game on the national platform, you know, NBC audience watching uh, Laybourne run the football, got Rasheen Ali back back in the pads real quick. Now, granted, we don't know. Yeah. But it, it was just kind of interesting to see that it was like, oh, okay, well, maybe I need to, you know, let's it's go time. I, if I want to get some time this year, maybe I've got to get back out there on the field. Um, but we're yeah. glad to see him back, regardless of what the situation was. Good to see number 22 back. That was a great Twitter picture. By the way, on that picture, Huff, you got to dig the Saban hat for practices, right? I just want to see him rocking on a game day now. Yeah. You know, let's keep the same feel in practice that we have in games. Consistency, right? But, you know, he's never been a hat guy to this point. I don't think he's ever worn one, has he? During the coach? Not not that I can recall. We've been to a lot of them even together, and I can't recall one. So I I can't to this point. And I'm like, hmm, Huff is obviously not a hat guy. But uh, he was looking fresh there in that that Bobby Bowden (laughs) straw Marshall lid. And you know what? And that's something I like about those photos, too, kind of, you know, they're all smiling, laughing around. It does, it has more of a family feel to that picture. This is a kid that missed the first two games of the season, and a lot of times you'd see a coach being frustrated with, you know, that kid's not playing for whatever reason. But, you know, he's right back in the fray, and they're, they're laughing and joking around. It just seems like he's back being part of the team now. So that's good to see. I'm, I'm glad he's back. I don't really know why he was out, to be honest with you, and I, and I don't care. I'm just glad it's not too serious, whatever it was. It, exactly, exactly. It, it's kind of – it's almost a more frustrating for Rasheen to not have been able to display his talents, you know, on that national mm-hmm. stage for the NBC audience. But, hey, mm-hmm. you know, Laybourne got the opportunity. He took advantage of it. But we're happy to have him back, like you said. And, man, it creates a one-two punch that is absolutely – scary i mean i can't imagine any of these defenses in the fun belt wanting to take that on i mean no it's going to be a frightening thing and if they can play football mistake free like they did this past weekend every week marshall's going to be an extremely tough out justin you know i think we could go on and on about saturday and what it meant you know not only to the program but to this team but Let's kind of let's kind of bring this forward here a little bit. Mount Rushmore of herd victories. Was this the greatest Marshall win of all time? I have to say yes, even though Kansas State might have been ranked higher. Well, I think what you would find in the Marshall fan circles, especially with the older generations and anyone who appreciates you know, that history. I think most people would put the Xavier win as number one uh, on Mount Rushmore. Um, Okay, okay. I think Xavier would be one. I think it's got to be up there. I think this might have been – this finally might have been the one that could maybe maybe knock that off a perch, right? 
Yeah. Right. I've seen the debates for Kansas State, and we've even seen some debates for, for Clemson and Youngstown State in the national title game. But but no, uh, given all the circumstances, top 10 team and it's Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Um, yeah, I, I don't think logically you could place any win over this one. Uh, the only one would be would be Xavier, and I think you can only make it equal at this point, given all the all the things surrounding that game. Of course, kind of, yeah, and kind of what it means. Yeah, that's that's a good point, Justin. You know what's funny too? You think about Saturday, right? I kind of think about it and say, you know, people kind of joke around that Notre Dame's God's team, right? You know, and and all this, and it's like, but Marshall had seventy five kind of souls willing them. And I thought it was interesting, too. Marshall didn't score going at touchdown Jesus, but Notre Dame didn't score coming toward the Marshall section either. No, like I didn't section. realize that. That's, yep. that's true, though. Wow, yeah. So yeah. I, I think there was something about kind of the program that Marshall is that kind of – it was just – it felt like it was almost destiny on Saturday for them to win that football game. And maybe it was just because of the domination on both, both sides of the line of scrimmage. That's going to travel everywhere this season. That's why I'm not really worried about Saturday. Size and strength definitely travel and, and not turning the ball over. Yeah. <laughs> Those things will win this Saturday. And we're going to get back to Little Mount Rushmore here at the back, and we're going to kind of draft it up here a little bit. Uh, but we want to get to Saturday first here. Bowling Green Falcons, the opponent, mm-hmm. going to Doydell Perry Stadium, a 5 p.m. kick on the NFL Network. Marshall mm-hmm. just outside the top twenty-five at twenty-six in uh in the in the coaches poll, twenty-eight in the AP. Bowling Green coming off a seven overtime loss to Eastern Kentucky, 59-57. They haven't been the uh Falcons of yesteryear in the Mac, that's for sure. No. I the spread sits at sixteen and a half right now for the herd. Justin, I feel pretty confident about this, given what you just said about the strength of this offensive line and the ability to run the football, but kind of, um, kind of give me your take on on Saturday and what you expect to see. Okay. So I, I, I do, like I said, I think, you know, our line will travel both offensively and defensively. They like to throw the football, um, you know, just the way it is their quarterbacks thrown for over 400 yards here and, and they can score, uh, but they do it through the air. Uh, he's thrown, I think, well, six touchdowns. I think he's got three or four interceptions as well. Um, you know, if old, old McDonald there, old mm-hmm. McDonald. There, yeah, okay, Matt McDonald. There he is. Yeah, so four hundred eight yards, six touchdowns. Um, I think we're going to be able to get pressure with our line, who's seemed against Notre Dame to go seven, eight deep easily at times. Nine. I don't know if legs will be back or not. Uh, but the ability to rotate in that size, speed, and strength on the defensive side of the football up front is a huge advantage, uh, especially in these mid-major contests uh, in terms of quarterback pressures. Um, so I think we'll be able to do that, and we've shown we can stop the run at this point. If we can stop the run against Notre Dame, I would hope to goodness we can stop it against Bowling Green also. Yeah. Yeah, you like to think. Now, granted, the same team doesn't travel every week. Uh, you have a different team college football every time you take the field but I think the motivation coming off that that big win against Notre Dame now like they see the carrot in front of them 
and Bowling Green, like like you said, Justin, not exactly a uh, a very formidable foe, either running the football offensively or stopping it defensively. Marshall's bread and butter should be able to take care of this one without much problem. Um, well, if you were playing this game, you would be able to definitely see, hey, Marshall needs to run the ball 75% of the time. They're going to crush Bowling Green that way. Like, it's very clear what Marshall needs to succeed at to win the, win the football game. Um, but if, you know, again, we're hoping that we don't have a letdown. There's no holding on to the Notre Dame, Notre Dame game last week, and we hope we're moving forward. Um, but, at, you know, having talked to Coach Huff, seen him in events, seeing how he's responded before and after the game there at Notre Dame, I just don't think this team's going to be looking backwards going forward. So, Yep. No, no rearview mirror at all for this team. Now, granted, it's going to be tough not to kind of fondly look back on what happened in South Bend this past weekend, but there's some pretty exciting things in the future uh, for Marshall as well here. Now, Justin, getting back to that Mount Rushmore we were talking about there earlier, because I've got another game that I want to throw into this mix here. The MAC championship game versus Toledo. Mm, in the snow. Yeah when, yeah. when, when Pennington hits Pinkerton in the corner of the end zone, I think that deserves a spot. It may not be versus the most big name opponent, and all Ooh, that, that, but it was, was for a the, championship. That one was Western Michigan in 99. You're right. Daggone it. You're right. It was Western, not Toledo. Toledo was the year before in the snow. Yep. And Toledo was Randy Moss, Chad Pennington, 97. I'm looking at – I have got the printout on my wall signed by Chad Pennington here. Uh, Marshall beat Toledo, 97 Mac title game. The uh, GOAT oh. right there, Chad Pennington himself. So- so, which one are you are you taking? Are you taking the '97 one in the snow, or '99 where we were able to maintain undefeated season? '99. Okay, that I agree. Yeah. Now the scene for '97, pretty pretty phenomenal. Oh, you're not gonna beat the scene for that? No. No. <laughs> it, it and it's funny, Justin. My dad for that, we had gotten the box taken away when I was a kid because I snuck up, snuck downstairs to watch Cartoon Network when I was like in kindergarten. So they hadn't had the box like they had basic, basic cable for like three years. And he's like, we got to get ESPN, two because of this, this Mac championship game. So they got it back because of that. I still remember watching that at home and thinking, wow, this was just a great kind of picturesque college football environment for a championship in that Toledo game. That might also make them out rush more for me. It, it may well it is our first conference title in Division one a. Um and I just remember Randy Moss. Uh, you know, we started kind of slow that day, but and I was ten years old. But I can remember Randy Moss absolutely ended up dominating their cornerback, who was named Love. Uh, during the, so, <laughs> gave Randy no love. Randy gave, okay. showed him no love. Right, right. And uh, you know, he ended up Randy dominated that kid the rest of the contest there, and we won thirty-four to fourteen, I believe the score was. Um, but yeah, that's one of the more exciting moments. You know, in addition to, to those two, so you, what we've mentioned so far is uh, Notre Dame, of course, uh, Xavier, um, and then we've got 97 MAC title, 99 MAC title. If you're writing these down, we can go over them afterwards and line them up. But uh, my 
first very vivid memory of Marshall football is not the 96 national title game. Ooh. Had a few of our players running out in those uh, striped socks. Raining. All the cat in the hat socks, yeah. yes, yes. Socks. Running up and down the field, running, gun, doing whatever we wanted, and just blowing them out of the of the gym that day. Eric Cresser had himself a game. He really did, and, yep. and I think Moss had four touchdowns. Um, but that was kind of like our hey, Division One A, here we come. You know, the whole nation was watching. That was on ESPN, or might have been on ABC, but I think ESPN. And uh, Whole nation watching. Hey guys, we're coming up to you all next year. Take a look at this and just absolutely destroyed Montana and went undefeated. So that one's got to be on there too, in, in my book. Yeah, special. When you go 15 and 0, that just doesn't happen very often. And not. and they capped it off right then and there. Those those are those are you know six really really kind of powerful, impactful games in the herd football history. I think you also, like you said, Justin Clemson, to kind of start that undefeated season uh, back in 99 mm-hmm. was also very impressive. And the BYU bowl game that year. I mean, BYU, you know, you look at that program now, I mean, about to be a Big 12 school, was ranked in the top 25, and, and Doug Chapman was able to kind of make a guy miss, cut back in the lane, and he was gone from, what, about 80-plus? Yeah, uh, one of the more iconic moments in- in football, in Marshall football history, is that run? I would have to say uh, that that camera angle from the end zone where he breaks the tackle and takes off is burned in my memory. And I was at the game; I had to watch it afterwards. <laughs> Justin, that was actually the view we had coming down. I was coming back down the aisle with my grandpa, really? um, and he was coming right at us. That's um, awesome. yeah, live memory in your head. There you go. Yeah, it that I've I've never seen it from probably from the uh the replay now maybe you know probably should get a chance to look at it but now i still can remember it because he got a nosebleed so we went to the you know the bathroom i went with him and we walked back down the aisle and boom there goes chapman i also remember that game their quarterback kevin federick mm-hmm. absolutely berating his offensive lineman i was like man why would anybody want to block for that guy you know i'm i think i'm in third grade at the time well, but i'm like this right <laughs> like this 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 guy's a jerk, world world class. Like I don't I don't want to deal with, I wouldn't want to deal for deal with this guy. Um, and and that was a dominating performance there too. Like that '99 team was special. I don't want to get into that conversation yet about special teams because it's week two. Last time we ever did this on the porch here, I heard I heard our Justin was in the COVID season and we doomed it to failure. So mm-hmm. we're not going there now because. That defense that year was pretty special. What was that? I said I appreciate you, Don. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That that defense that year was special. I think this defense could be very, very good because I don't think there's a set of receivers that they're going to face that they can't match up with man on man on the outside. Oh, uh, it doesn't seem that way. Um, you know, they we were pressing Notre Dame's outside receivers for four quarters and uh you know we did get beat a couple times and and some overthrows were really gracious to us uh but those were not our corners those were mistakes by our safeties down the field or you know misreads whatever you want to want to whatever you want to call it but they were not our corners in press coverage which if we're able to do that that's really going to slow down opposing quarterbacks right there 
And of course, once you're pressing, you're going to give up stuff over the top, asking your safeties to have to cover that much of the field. So. And you're also asking your safeties to cover a, a pro tight end in Michael yeah. Michael Mayer, who oh, first goes to a after. school that's produced, I mean, how many, you know, top three round draft pick tight ends over the last probably 15 years? I mean, I know, it seems like every other year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Eifert, it's Croft, it's, you know, it's going to be my, it's going to be my uh, mayor here soon. I mean, Notre Dame, they get some, they get themselves typically a pretty good, uh, you know, tight end to run across the middle of the field and control that area. I actually think Notre Dame, Justin, is going to turn around this season, still be a pretty good football team, probably be in the top 25 most of the season. Mm-hmm. Once they can, I think they'll get a big win here soon. They'll be like, be like BYU or something like that get it back on track i hope it hurts that their quarterback is now out for the year true but you know what i'll be honest i thought pine was better when he came in the game anyway he was better throwing the ball around that that's very true Um, although you're right about buckner was definitely the much more prolific runner and that's kind of what they they relied on um was his with him with his feet i mean that's really all they had in the run game which that's crazy too just Mm -hmm. to think that marshall literally I mean, put the boa constrictor on the running game of Notre Dame almost to the same extent that Ohio State did, and everyone was talking about Ohio State being like an all-world defense yeah. uh, after well, that performance. So it's like, is Marshall on that level? I don't know. Well, but Blaine, you it's fun away, to think. You take away their touchdown drive there in the um, second quarter uh, where Buckner was – basically doing these read options and going up the left side for eight, 10 yards all the way down the field and then took it in on his feet. Uh, you take away that drive. I'd like to know what their rushing yardage was. Cause that was, uh, that was that drive minus one big pass to mayor. I mean, and you know, you look at it in terms of the entire game. Uh, I mean, they didn't get as many yards as, as Laborn did as a no. team. Um, right. So, you know, and, and Justin, I wanted to get get your thoughts on this because all week we've kind of been com, been compared and contrasted to App State because of their big win versus Texas A and M. I think that this win for Marshall, while we've had big wins before, and like when App State beat Michigan, that was kind of their plant the flag in the ground game. That like they are a legit legit program. Yeah, but that kind of this one feels like that to us because of the iconicness of the program, right? Like we beat Notre Dame on the road. They beat Michigan on the road. But like the level of opponent, I think is where I compare it at. I think their win versus App, their win versus A&M for App State is more like our wins versus Clemson, our win versus Kansas State, like big win, mm-hmm. but not at the same level as like Notre Dame, Michigan, no, et cetera. The- and we're thinking that, and I agree with you. And the reason that we're thinking that is because Texas A&M is perennial, perennially overrated. And they came into the season ranked sixth, but I just don't I just don't believe it because that's every year. And they, they get great talent, but they don't have a great quarterback. And really, if you think about it, the one time they've actually really kind of met the expectations was in the – year with Kellen Mond and that's been about it really and they barely held off that that North Carolina team to win that Orange Bowl that year so like eh, you know I mean good a great win oh big time and it's gonna I mean it honestly sets up an opportunity 
uh, November 12th, if they want to come to the fun belt, let's, let's give them a reason to come to the fun belt here for, for the most special of, of days uh, at Marshall University. Yeah, big game anyway, and you have a traditional rival come into town who hopefully is undefeated as we want to be at that point. I mean, that'd, that'd be, I don't know, what do you think, the biggest game in Marshall Stadium? and uh, Probably it, since maybe uh, some of those other Mountaineers came to town. Since 2010? Yeah, I would say. Probably the biggest game at, at the Jones since the other Mountaineers. And this one has some uh, postseason consequences to it. So, oh, I mean, it it, it will decide the, the the East Division in the fun belt. Where do we kind of feel, and how will we feel about this win if this season turns into a an eight and four, nine and three year where you maybe are like second or third even in the in the coastal East Division? Like, how would you feel then about this win? Oh, man, that would be – that would man, this requires a lot of thought there, and I'm not great at thinking, Blaine. <laughs> um, you know, I would have to say a lot would be dependent on how these other teams in conference do and if one of our conference teams ends up in the uh, access bowl or not. Uh, you know, if we, if we go nine and three, for example, and the team we lose to goes to the access bowl or to the conference title, and, you know, that, that takes the sting away a little bit. But at the same time, the expectation now right. should be undefeated. I mean, I don't know if you Every saw week, one Cot- week Cotton time. Bowl, yeah. And I think that's the key, too. I want them to take it and be undefeated each week, not worry about what's, what's ahead. And I, like you said, talking about Huff earlier, that seems to be kind of his driving focus. He's under the Saban tree. would make sense that he would have picked up that lesson, right? Yes. I will say this, though, real quick. I don't know if you saw this or not. Did you see a projection for the Cotton Bowl against uh, USC? I did against yeah against Lincoln Riley and USC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, you know, sometimes that stuff can be poison, and I just yep. hope not. You know, hey, like uh, Saban said, rat poison. Yeah, Huff's gonna have to get that get that message out to the uh, to the fellows there in the locker room for sure. You know, all that stuff you write about how good we are and all that stuff they hear on ESPN, it's like poison. You know what I mean? It's like taking poison, like rat poison. All right, so I'm, I'm asking. Hey, but I'll say this, though, Justin. November 12th, though, that that could be a special, special game uh, in Huntington. Now, I think the next two weeks we should feel pretty good about. Although, I don't know. How I have do you a very feel uneasy Troy? feeling about going to Troy. Really? I do. We've been there before. Uh, we've actually been there before, I believe, with a team that almost beat or should have beaten Ohio State in the horseshoe yes. and uh, lost to Troy that year and then lost to him the following year at Troy um, in a game in a, the same team that should have beaten Tennessee that year. Uh, so we've had a couple good teams and played Troy and ended up on the wrong side of the scoreboard there, and they weren't great. That's true. Um, and I will say this about Troy right now coming in. Program's in a little bit of disarray. I'm going to be interested to see how they respond to the game day atmosphere coming to Boone for kind of App State's homecoming. Mm-hmm. Are they able to spoil that? 
Also, too, I mean, the the quarterback competition there between Gunnar Watson and Jared Dagey mm-hmm. could heat up a little bit. That's another interesting wrinkle to kind of look at in that game. Uh, there, I, I do, I, I do kind of agree with you though. Like Troy is is a game I don't look look ahead of. Although I don't think it's a game that Marshall loses. I think it's a scary game though. You know what it feels like to me? It feels like. And we're only one year removed from this. It feels like a Middle Tennessee game when we would get. That's the feeling I get. We do not want Troy to be our Middle Tennessee State in the fun belt. We do not want that. We, I'll I'll take like that being coastal instead of instead of Troy. I I, exactly yeah Yeah, At at least that way. If we do travel and lose, we're still at the beach. That's true. That's true. Yeah, like if you travel and. And you're going to 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 old movie gallery stadium down there in Alabama. Not much else there for us, you know. No, nope. like at least you can go get yourself a good dinner, maybe a tan. Uh, once you play on the teal, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that, Justin, for sure. Um, I mean, I look at it and say the man the next three weeks, and then you get a big game on a Wednesday night with Louisiana. You know that's going to be a redemption kind of filled. Uh, preparation leading up to that real excited to kind of see and if you don't remember blaine during that game there was some fireworks there that oh I'm, yeah the helmet to helmet on the punt return yep i'm sure marshall wants to make up not only for losing the game but that was one of the dirtiest plays and the reaction afterwards what made it even worse um, yeah so hey, and billy napier's not walking through that door anymore no he's gone interesting to see how they'll kind of react it is a shame, though, that the East Division in the Fun Belt is like the SEC West, and of course we're in that side of the of, of the darn thing instead of being in the West because Louisiana is going to cakewalk to that most years. I feel like it. It seems that way. I mean, it really does, and it seems like we are always on that side of a division, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean this 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 the East Division here in the Fun Belt. It. Like I don't see an easy easy opponent or a program that I don't respect. Like it's far cry from Conference USA. Right. You even look at programs like Old Dominion, who people would say, "Well, what a joke that is." Yeah. Well, they just beat Virginia Tech at home too. That's the second hey, time they've beaten Virginia Tech. They so, have the nation's leading wide receiver in terms of yards. Which Ollie is crazy. Benning. Their quarterback yeah. can throw the ball. Right. I mean, so they, they have talent. The fact that they beat Virginia Tech somehow was was kind of lunacy. Hey, Georgia State hung in there with North Carolina a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know what App's done. James Madison's a, a program that knows how to win championships. And I think they're kind of getting sandbagged a little bit right now, Justin. I think they're a lot better than people want to give them credit for. That game scares me too, buddy. It really Oh, is. yeah. I've looked at that one for a while and said I could easily see – Marshall maybe getting to this point. Now, granted, I had us losing another name, but being, you know, a, a six and one type team and going down there and losing because of the sandwich spot. You play Louisiana right. and then you've got Coastal and in between there, you've got to go to JMU. Like, yeah. And I'm glad you bring that up because you mentioned how big this win was. And in terms of one win, changing the entire expectation for a season i mean we went from most people saying marshall has a shot at anywhere from six and six to nine and three 
to really almost believing there's a probability that, that we might win out here. Uh, and just based on one win, and I'm not sure that's ever happened. Even when we beat Kansas State, no one left that win thinking, hey, we're going to run the table here. No, because I think they'd already lost that year. We we had. Yeah. And, uh, so, I think the timing of when this game happened, too, like early in the season, it just leads to all those expectations and potential promise. Whereas, like, if they'd have done this in a bowl game, yeah, it'd have been phenomenal. But yeah. you wouldn't have had that same lead up, which I think is part of the fun, obviously, of being a fan and following this program in particular in the, in the Huff era. Right, right. No, I, I agree. I, I am now uh, more excited about a Marshall football season than I have been in a long time. Um, you, know, you say this, though, Justin, at least, in, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll give Marshall a lot of credit for this, like, they've had some reasons to be optimistic here in the last 10 years. I mean, you think about the Cato teams, mm-hmm. you, and then you think about the team in 2020, kind of – they do pop off those moments where it's like, you know what? This could be something even bigger and even something more special than you could ever imagined. And they've had the opportunity to see that. Now the other side of it is we're already talking about games. We're scared about, I got another one, but that, that Georgia is, Southern on the road. That's going to be crazy too. It is. And just like you said, the scary part about both of those seasons you mentioned is we lost. So, we can lose. We lost to uh, that first year. We almost lost to UAB on the road, if you don't remember. Oh, yeah. Sam Hunt quarterback. Back in the end zone, yeah. Mm. And we lose to Western Kentucky in overtime at home. Before he's playing the guitar, he was the quarterback for the old Blazers there. Who was that? The old Sam Hunt. Oh, that was him. Yeah. I knew I didn't like him. Yeah. Hey, they, and you know who was a running back that time was Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard, right. He came from Indiana that year. I do remember that. He was a beast. He was. And like I said, these other teams have guys too. It's not like blow up inflatable things. So there is the, always the chance. And if we don't go up, there's the off chance. We don't, we don't run. And and it's, and I think Huff said it best in his press conference saying, you know, we want to kind of play with an identity. I love hearing that. But also he said, if we had turned the ball over Saturday, we don't win. Turnovers is the key in college football. I do love the fact, though, that Henry Columby, and we're actually going to call, start calling him Andre because uh, of the hairstyle. Yeah, I like and, it. Yeah, and, you know, he's very smart with the football. I mean, I even remember him at his time at Texas Tech, uh, watching him in person up in Morgantown, and he was very smart with it. You does not it. turn it over. Uh, well, you were saying about Henry, Andre, uh, Columbia there in Morgantown, and I was saying, well, you must have hated him back then. <laughs> well, yeah, he he has a pretty good record against that uh, against the the Mountaineers. Yeah, the the, the, the blue and gold variety from the state, not not the fun belt team. I mean, I, hey man, is, is it fair to say that maybe here soon the App State Mountaineers might be the more hated Mountaineers, or will that ever will that ever happen? Oh man, I. I... I don't know if they'll be more of a hated or respected rival eventually. I'm really not sure. Uh, that's a good point. I think it's more respect. I do too. And and you can take that all the way back to what the, the eighties, I think, I think in, I think we beat Appy state to reach our first national title game in like 87. I think we beat Appalachian state something like 24 to 10 to make our first, 
title game, and we lost that by one to uh, what I can only te- deem as the country of New Zealand, but I think it might have been New Hampshire. <laughs> so, yeah, that was one of our big – again, there's a, there's you a big win, the uh, semifinal one double a 87 game to get us to our first national title appearance. Uh, that was app state. And then you've got a bunch of historic, uh, games all through the nineties with them. Uh, they've always been a tough opponent for us. And, and here we go again, you see the last, uh, what, two or three times we played them. Have been... Yeah. I mean, classic games the last two years, yep. both, both decided by possession. I mean, uh, the, the fumble, but they had going in for the touchdown there when Beckett just made one of the craziest strip sacks. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then last year, you know, in Boone, when, when you had the, you had the game won, but you couldn't stop them at the end. Their one, two punch is also scary. Justin, yes. I mean, I don't want to get, I don't want to continue harping on this game because it's like, it's, we, we shouldn't do that because then obviously it kind of seeps in like, like you talk about being rat poison. Um, you also don't want to live too much in the past, uh, waking up the echoes there with Notre Dame like we like we did on Saturday. Uh, cannot wait though to see where this this thing continues to go. Uh, cathartic experience Saturday. Uh, really quick to get out of here, Justin. Though best kind of game day story you had from interaction with an Irish fan. <laughs> uh, there there are a few, but. The one I've laughed at just by myself, um, well, there's two. And they both involve my own father, who dressed basically like the Marshall Leprechaun. Fireman Ed style here. Right. Folks, yes. Yeah, and he does that for every game. It just happened to be, hey, we're at Notre Dame. Now you already look like a leprechaun. That's what you dress like every game. So he goes into Notre Dame just looking like a leprechaun and, and an actual – Notre Dame fan that looked like the mascot is dressed almost exactly the same way. We got a photo with that. And then a big, my dad's five foot five, basically big guy, probably, I don't know, six, 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 seven, wearing a kilt and a a go Irish shirt. And I'm not sure he was all there or not. I don't know, but uh, (laughs) had a few in the parking lot, did he? Right. Right. And then dad, of course, had to get a, get in it with him a little bit and get a picture with him. And those, those moments made me laugh. And, but they, they were all kind and generous. And, but in terms of not a funny moment after the game, I don't, we all ran around to watch the team leave and just Notre Dame fan after Notre Dame fan and their event staff all telling us, congratulations, congratulations, safe travels home, you know, classy. It was truly yeah. a classy fan base. Yes. Yeah. So those those are my moments, man. I I'm going to remember whether we go eight and four this year, twelve and zero. I'm going to remember that game forever. Yeah, forever. I, I think I think that's the answer to that question, right? Like, even if it gets off the rails here in this first season in this crazy conference, no one will ever take away Saturday from from Herd Nation. No one can ever do it. Um, right. The South Bend Stunner is in the books. Can't can't change it. I right. thought it was pretty cool, man, how, how welcoming they were. We were in a tailgate lot that was rented out by a 92-year-old woman. That's her <laughs> side yard. We were the first set of visiting fans that have ever made their way into this yard. And I think they were stunned at first. Mm-hmm. Then they played Thunderstruck with us. And <laughs> after the game, there was a guy who talked their ear off for about 30 minutes about how good he thought Marshall was. He was a, told us how he was an, uh, 
defensive coordinator in a high school program and just man i was so impressed by him just talked and talked and talked till eventually his buddy's like yo jim we gotta go you know we, we gotta get on the road we gotta get back to indianapolis um, right great and, and you know what like maybe some people might have thought they might have had a little bit of arrogance about him but not the ones i encountered right no and, and of course you got most of those arrogant ones are going to be the younger student type uh, kids are the ones that might have a little too much, but they were few and far between and overall great experience. Um, I'd love these rumors about playing in Ireland to come true. So we'll see. <laughs> I'm not sure we'll ever get a chance to play those guys again though, Justin. Uh, if I were them, I wouldn't. No, no. <laughs> I mean, has Michigan ever played App State again? No, not to my knowledge. No. <laughs> I mean, I think it just – that would be so cool to go into Ireland, though. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Could it you would. could you imagine that? That would be – we might have to play BC if we get we get a chance to do it, though. Yeah, that's true, which hey, I'm all in on that, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that that might that might crack the, the Mount Rushmore there. You beat BC in Ireland. I could, I could see that. Um, yeah, I might just do it, too. You're right. Hey, Justin – Appreciate you coming out here, brother. We'll uh, we'll continue to do this throughout the season, man. You know, we'll have we'll have Randy come in there. He'll he'll hit us with some Bob Pruitt impersonations. We saw Pruitt after the game on uh on Saturday, and and he was as jolly as ever. But, and you uh, know what? Just back to our conversation here. Yeah. Briefly, the coach, right, who has some of the biggest wins in our school's history: Clemson, South Carolina, Kansas State. Montana in 96, all these MAC titles, bowl games. He was out there mingling with the fans saying this, Notre Dame is the biggest win in Marshall football history. Pretty cool. He wasn't even the coach. So there you go. Pretty cool. I saw him taking pictures as people beside the the Newt Rockney statue, and I just thought that's a pretty cool moment for those folks right there. You know, like, you know, to and just the AD and the the president just kind of hanging out with South Bend, special, special day that will be remembered. It's securely on Mount Rushmore of uh, Marshall football. Uh, Till next time, we'll let a little thunderstruck play us out here. Go herd. Be Bowling Green.